Welcome to the Beers and Bible Podcast, a podcast that explores God's Word while enjoying the fruits of God's creation. You can find us on Instagram at Beers and Bible underscore, on Facebook by searching Beers and Bible Podcast, and on Twitter at Beers and Bible P1. You can also email us at Beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy what you hear on Beers and Bible, please consider leaving a five-star rating and a review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast. Billy Currington summed it up well when he said, God is great, beer is good, and people are crazy. So let us join our hosts, Michael and Anthony, for this week's discussion. Welcome to episode number 170 of the Beers and Bible Podcast. I am Michael. And I am Anthony. And we're glad to be back for the final episode of the Old Testament. Don't don't get too excited. We're we're um uh, I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it. Like we're like halfway-ish. <laughs> well, okay, so technically there's more books in the Old Testament. So we are more than halfway done through the Bible. We're more than halfway done with the number of books that we're going to do. True. Probably not done with the number of weeks, because I think several of our New Testament books are going to take uh, multiple weeks. So there is that. Yeah. But yeah, we only have 27 books left. When you put it that way. (laughs) We should get done in like half a year. It's probably going to be closer to a year before we actually finish. We'll make it. (laughs) That ain't no thing, man. Ain't no thing. But anyway, we're here to do what we always do, which is drink beer, talk about the Bible. Michael, how has your week been, man? Well, since I it's, only, week, it's Monday. I was about to say it's Monday. We're <laughs> so like for the third time in four weeks, we're recording on a little off night. Um, it's fine. I mean, it's Monday. It's hard to feel hard to feel out how the week's gonna be on a Monday. That's true. You know. Well, I know my Monday. Like it was an awful Monday. All the way around, but the rest of the week I get to, I'm off, I'm headed down to a work conference slash also going to spend a little bit of time uh, hanging out with my good buddy, Mr. Mouse, Mr. Mickey Mouse. Um, So I am going to do that starting the rest of this week, but I'm going to, I'm going to mix work and play this week real good. So that in two weeks when you go back, you can justify just playing. Yes. It'll be all play (laughs) in two weeks when we go back. I'm still, I'm still like. How did this like? How did this work out that we're literally going twice in two weeks? But, just I mean, so, it, just it so you know, just so you know, you will have gone more times in the next three weeks than I think I may have gone in my whole life. So I'm sorry, it's okay. <laughs> hey, you know what? I will tell you this: I cut my grass today. I did cut you my really? Back, I, the well, backyard? I, cut, I cut the backyard that I hadn't cut oh. yet. It's <laughs> April 24th, and I just cut the backyard for the first time. So I'll I feel probably, like there should be a support group. <laughs> I th- I'm sure there is. Um, I'll probably cut it again this weekend just to stay ahead of it a little bit. But Hi, my name's Michael, and I constantly procrastinate cutting my backyard. It's not that I procrastinate. <laughs> it's that I am stuck at work until it gets too dark, and then the weekends get either uh, scheduled out, my calendar gets full, or it rains, mm-hmm. and it's impossible to cut. I mean, not impossible to cut the grass in the rain, just not advised. Yeah, so. that's true. I guess I could cut my grass in the rain. Then I'd be that nobody lunatic. likes cutting grass in the rain. I'd be that lunatic in Northeast Georgia <laughs> who's cutting his grass in a hurricane or something. <laughs> anyway, all right, let's get to drinking beer because it's let's it's do it. that it's that time. So, 
Um, why don't you go first? Because you have a repeat. I do have a repeat. So um, you'll remember several weeks ago, or I don't know when it was. It was a couple months ago. I grabbed an IPA on accident. Um, shortly after we had banned IPAs and I didn't realize that I had grabbed an IPA. So I had to rush back to the store, get something else. Um, and it was a Monday night brewing beer that I grabbed. So tonight I'm in the store because I was I actually was kind of like last minute getting a beer. And I was like, Monday night brewing got to stay away from their stuff because they secretly have IPAs that, that aren't advertised well. And so I read this one like four times before I actually picked it out to get, but it's the Dr. Robot. Berry lemon sour. It's a blackberry lemon sour, and and I realized when I got home, you did this one. Mm -hmm. I did it like mm -hmm. uh, twenty or so, twenty five episodes ago. Yep, you did this mm -hmm. one, and you gave it five luthers. Yep. So I have high hopes for this one being a blackberry sour. Um, I've obviously I've been on a sour kick. So yesterday, I got to go hang out at Fairhope Brewing. I should have posted a picture, but I didn't because I'm bad at social media. Anyway. Um, they were having a sour event. They had eight different sours on tap and I drank six of those eight, not full size for the record. I did not drink six full size beers. I, I mean, I might have <laughs> given the opportunity, but I knew better. Uh, I controlled, I moderated. They had little, they were doing little shots that you could get of each one. Mm -hmm. They were like four or five ounce pours. And so I did, I did six different flavors. Um, had some really good ones. Had some that were, I was kind of like, eh, it's all right. One was called Peaches and Cream. It was okay. Then we had one, uh, I have to say this very carefully and slowly, it was called Aloha Beaches. And that's mm -hmm. beaches as in we're going to the beach. Yes, yes. Um, but it was a very tropical fruit sour. Um, they had one named after the actual cocktail, Sex on the Beach. We're not trying to be weird here but it was called sex on the beach sour mm -hmm. um same flavors it was really good um they did have a pickle one that i had uh, several people around me tried and they were like nope don't get it it's terrible <laughs> say that again what flavor it was a pickle oh i bet that was good pickle sour they said it was disgusting which i like pickle juice and i like pickles so i don't know i may have liked it i don't uh, there's no telling but anyway, it was an enjoyable time at Fairhope Brewing. We've rated uh, several of the Fairhope brews on here. Um, they usually do well with us. Yep. And yeah, it was a good time yeah. hanging out there. When you, when you sent the ad for that the other day, I seriously contemplated driving <laughs> down to be a part to just go. You um, should have, man. But I had I played at church. I played in the worship band yesterday at church. So that would have made for just a long, like 20 hours or whatever it would have ended yes, up Yes, it would. <laughs> So, Anywho, I, I'll enjoy the next one maybe that's right next time I'll have a little like I literally was like two days before I was like dude this is happening in two days and I'm going <laughs> anyway what are you drinking tonight so tonight I'm drinking from the Coastal Empire Beer Company based in Savannah Georgia I am drinking Savannah? the Southern Delight Praline Amber mm. this is an ale brewed with Pecans and vanilla, 5.2 ABV. Um, and my dad actually brought this one back. Uh, him and uh, my mom went to Tybee Island and uh, brought this back for me. So I'm going to give it a try here on the podcast and see how she does. Nice. But I've only got one, so they're going to have a limited uh, limited shot here. But <laughs> Eminem wrote a song about that, right? You only get one shot. 
do not miss. Anyway, I thought for a small second, I thought you were getting that confused with uh, Hamilton not throwing away <laughs> his shot. That too. But, well, shall we drink? We shall. Let's crack these things open. Let's do it. Here we go. Three, two, one, crack. The smell is good. The color of this thing is really good. It's like pink lemonade. What is blackberry and lemon? There, it's that color. Hey, uh, Monday, Monday night brewing. I'm just gonna throw a a thing out here. You should really promote this beer during October Breast Cancer Awareness Month because it's got that pink hue that could be associated with breast cancer awareness. So there you go. There's your free marketing tip for the day, Monday Night Brewing. Hire me for all your marketing needs. Or just send me a bunch of free beer. But not any Either. IPAs. But yeah, no IPAs. No Blood Moon IPAs that you stealthily hide the IPA on. All right. I'm almost done. There we go. Got it. Mine smells good. I don't really know what it smells like, but it smells good. This one smells, it smells like a fruity sour, which I'm very happy about. Well, let's get to drinking, sir. Bottoms up. Mmm. I feel like you might need to work on yours for a minute. I do. Which I can, I think I can get mine down. <clears throat> um. So full disclosure here. I saw this was a berry lemon sour and I did the blue steel just a few episodes ago and gave it five Luthers. And I bought this hoping that it was going to be much like the blue steel. And I am not let down. It is oh. very much like the blue steel. <laughs> I wasn't sure where you were going with that. <laughs> um, I let my wife have one of these earlier tonight, and and I did not taste it. I was I was good. I didn't didn't cheat, and she liked it. Uh, I asked her to give it a rating. She said she would give it four Luthers. Apparently, okay. my wife is very critical. Um, she's she's bougie like that. I guess <laughs> she is bougie like that. <laughs> um, so d- sorry, Monday Night Brewing. Uh, you did not impress my wife enough. Uh, to get five Luthers with your blackberry lemon uh, sour. But you did impress me enough to get five Luthers with your blackberry nice. lemon sour. <laughs> this is a really good, the balance, the flavor of it is like, I mean, it's almost like a like a lemonade. Um, Just like, like a different flavor lemonade sour. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's just, it's really, it's clean. Man, this would be a great like porch time beer. Outback by the pool beer, um, all the things of summertime. This this is invoking all the summertime things right now. So it's a good, it's five Luthers, uh, great balance of flavor, um, great brew on the sour. It's got just enough tartness, but it's not like overwhelming tart. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, great job on that one, Monday Night Brewing. Um, I failed on the IPA notice that one time, but this one has very much made up for it. So five Luthers from me on the Dr. Robot 
berry lemon sour. How's the praline? It's pretty good. I was just going to say that uh, Dr. Robot got five Luthers out of both of us. Yes, it did. So, and it earned it too. I might go get another one of these. We should, um, we should have like a, uh, like a, like a, some sort of club with beers that get five Luthers <laughs> from both of us. <laughs> we'll figure that out in the future. Um, okay. So, uh, the Praline Amber Ale from Coastal Empire. Um, it's really good. It's, uh, Pretty traditional uh, lager ale. Is it an ale or a lager? What the heck am I drinking? Ale. Um, Amber. That's what it is. It's on the can. I can't read. Um, Words I mean, it's, is hard. It's, it's pretty standard um, amber yeah. flavor. The pecan and vanilla flavors are subtle, but they're definitely there. Yeah. Um, I mean... Yeah, it's it's got a it's a, the nutty flavor is actually pretty pretty solid. Um, I don't know. I'm a I can't give it five. I can't okay. go all I can't go all the way to five. Um, there's just there's just not that like it factor, you know. Yeah. To get it all the way over the hump, but I'll um shoot. I'll give this thing four and a half Luthers. Nice. It's 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 that good. Um, flavor's good. It's nice and light. Uh, nothing is overpowering. Nothing is like out of place. It's it's a really good. I wish I had like a praline candy with me mm-hmm. to compare, but I don't. So I'm gonna have to go off what I remember that to be. But <laughs> four and a half out of five Luthers from Coastal Empire. Pretty good. Praline amber. There we well, there you it. go. Yep. There's a couple of beers. There is something for you to chew on for a little while. Where are we going next, Michael? We are going to finish the Old Testament tonight. We are going to talk through the book of Malachi. Malachi. The Italian AKA. prophet Malachi. <laughs> um, it's one of my favorite jokes in all of jokedom. Yes. Um, Never gets old. <laughs> no, but anyway, Malachi. I'm going to say Malachi probably twice, two more times. Um, <laughs> but the final book in the Old Testament before we move on to the New Testament. Um, and we will do our thing that we're doing. Gosh, how do I word this? Why am I having such a hard time tonight? <laughs> it's Monday. That's why. It's Monday. We um, don't know what to do. That's why. We are going to walk through the book of Malachi. There it is, um, right after this break. So stick around. Welcome back to the Beers and Bible Podcast. Hey, now. That's what happens when you get five Luthers. I only heard the initial... I didn't hear the crack of the can, like the can, the rest of it. I'm assuming it did it. it. Oh, it did. Okay. It definitely did. It'll sound amazing in post. (laughs) Okay, so um, before we get into the book 
of Malachi tonight. Uh, we just want to let you know that there will not be an episode next week mm-hmm. um, because one of us will be in Disney. Um, Sorry. And we won't be able to record <laughs> an episode. Sorry. <laughs> um, and uh, so we will be. And also, it's a good time for us to take just a one week break because we're kind of we're finishing up the Old Testament tonight. And I'll mm-hmm. move into the New Testament um, in two weeks. So um, be sure to catch us back in a couple of weeks. We'll remain active and let you know when we return from this little break. But it's only a one-week break. So we're basically giving you a week to catch up. So let's go get with it. Yeah, that's what's <laughs> happening. So with that being said, let's dive into the book of Malachi, the final book of the Old Testament before we get to the New Testament. Um, So some data to get oriented as we uh, think about and start talking through the book of Malachi. So um, God, uh, here in Malachi, God warns his people of future judgments and promises redemption to the faithful in six different disputes. Um, This redemption Promise is a recurring theme in the last few weeks where God is saying, hey, redemption is coming. You, There is hope coming. That is that's continue. That's a continuing theme that. The people in the Old Testament wouldn't have known what that hope what that redemption would be, but we know now that to be Jesus. Yeah. So um, just keep that in mind as we're reading through here. Um there is not a darn thing known about Malachi. <laughs> um, he's like the dust in the wind, man. He 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 comes in. He, he we've got you know four. I think it's four <laughs> chapters. <laughs> Sorry, four. I just heard Kansas when you said that. <laughs> we've had a couple of song references tonight. We may need to get some trademarks. So I don't know. Anyway, um, so there's like four chapters here in the book of Malachi. And that's all that we know about Malachi. We don't. We don't Pretty know. Much. We don't know where he's from. We don't know family origin. We don't know what he. You know. But he he had a word from God, and he and he sent it. So, um, so the this happens around uh, four sixty BC, um, and um, the reforms of Ezra and Nehemiah. What the heck does that mean, Anthony? So Ezra and Nehemiah, Nehemiah's the guy that rebuilt the wall, and they uh-huh. were they were the reforming guys after the history. Oh, the uh, reforming. Okay, I got yeah. you. I understand. They're like the after the Chronicles, you got first, second Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Job, Psalms, Proverbs. You know, we order it chronologically because we're stupid and we can't. I'm, I shouldn't say things like that. Who is we? <laughs> Americans. That's fair. Um, yeah, we reordered the Bible because we don't know how to. We don't know how to divide up. Uh, oh, I get it. Okay literary styles and so gotcha. yeah technically Ezra and Nehemiah would fall chronologically after Malachi. Oh uh, okay. Okay. And then like Samuel, Kings and Chronicles would fall overlapping of all of the prophets. Gotcha. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's why we've referenced like each week we've referenced like which prophet was during Tracking. I'm trying you know how they how they track in in chronicles or kings or things like that. So okay, so that gives you a timeline. So gotcha. this is like the end. This is after the exile, the end of everything. God's about to go silent for 400 years. Right. Yeah. Like 
radio silent. Yeah, he, he's he ain't he ain't talking. Okay. Yeah. Um. So there's th- uh, three major emphasis here in Malachi. Um, the first one being that God is a covenant keeper and He requires the same of His people. Um, we've seen that throughout the Old Testament that He keeps His covenant even when Israel repeatedly doesn't. Um, but God still requires His people to come back to the covenant to re- to restore the covenant mm-hmm. to to recommit themselves to the covenant. However you want to however you want to word that. Yeah. Um, God's people show disdain. Through apathy is another one of the emphasis here. We'll get into that in just a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally, God will, ju- will judge half-hearted obedience by his standard of justice. Mm. Yikes. Like I tell my kids, half obedience is no obedience. Yep. Half of the so, truth is a whole lie. Yep. So Just saying. <laughs> yeah. So um, there, there's just some information to get ourselves situated as we uh, start to talk through the book of Malachi. Before we get mm-hmm. through the walkthrough, Anthony, why don't you give us some advice on how to read the book of Malachi? Uh, read it very carefully. Um, uh, yes, read it very carefully. Now, um, so this book points out something that that I think is actually very um, contextually relevant to modern society, modern culture today, and that is the idea of apathy. You hit on a little bit. The people during this time had a lot of apathy. Um, you you got to remember we're coming off of um, Zechariah, those where they were supposed to be rebuilding the temple, but they weren't. Okay, mm-hmm. um, because they were focusing on other things. They were, in essence, they were a very apathetic people. They just kind of didn't really care about the things of God. They were just like, well, whatever, you know, it's fine, whatever. Um, and and a lot of times, especially in today's society, like. As much as I hate to say like polarization is a good thing, there in some aspects there are polarizing things that are good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Being very polarizing about the truth of God's word, yes, I'm totally down with with that, being polarizing in that aspect. I'm totally down with saying that that, you know, what the Bible teaches us is the standard by the way we should live and no other standard is there. You know, the, the concept of sola scriptura, um, by scripture alone. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, a lot of people think that sola scripture, uh, sola scriptura means, you know, we only read the Bible and, and, and that's not, that's not what that means. It means that the Bible is our final and end authority. There's nothing else above it. So, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> scripture alone is our guide, but, but in a culture we've gotten to this point where, and, and, being the the wonderful cynic that I am uh, about everything, I tend to be this way a lot of times. Is I'm very apathetic because I'm like, ah, you make an okay point, I don't agree, but whatever. And then I'll you know look at this other person, okay, you make a point, but I don't agree, but whatever. Mm-hmm. And and it's it's that that mindset of of just like you know whatever, I'm I'm just gonna do what I want to do, not necessarily what Scripture's calling me to do or what the Bible commands us to do. Um, it just leads to a very apathetic lifestyle. So be on the lookout during during this book because we're going to talk about that. Um, notice a pattern in each one of the disputes as we walk through them. There's this declaration where the issue is pronounced. Uh, there's the the people question the declaration. They're like, "How so? You know, what do you mean?" Um, and then God responds in each mm-hmm. one of these. And and another thing is like each one of these kind of has like a a a, a central figure. 
and and I made a little note on on each one of these, and we're going to talk through them out of each one because I don't know that it was all the way there, but I kind of saw a pattern of where it was like people, God, Malachi, people, God, Malachi. Um, as we walk through these six six disputes, I may be mm-hmm. wrong on the last one. I don't know. We'll decide when we get there. But I was just I was making notes as I was thinking. I was like, hey, look at this one. Anyway. Um, so we got the declaration, we got the people question, and then God responds. That's the the pattern that each one of these disputes is going to take. And this disputation has a, a different tone than what other prophets do. Um, this is more of a, a, a to say it to say it roughly, this is like a bickering family. Um, mm. You know, when when your when your wife or when one of your kids says something, you're like because that's you know, like you just snap mm-hmm. right back at them. Yeah. That's almost the the feel that you get when you read this. Or, uh, you know, if you remember growing up, if you were uh, so pleasured to have like large family dinners and your family got together at Thanksgiving and half of your family was Democrats and the other half of your family was Republicans. And when you sat down for dinner, it was like all out political war. Like, mm-hmm. I almost feel like that's what this is. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, Uncle Gary's yelling at Aunt Louise and, and you know, mashed potatoes are flying and tea's going everywhere. Anyway, um, but this, I mean, that's almost what this is. It feels like a fight yeah, a little bit, and, which is, I mean, again, that's not a bad thing if you do it in the right attitude. Right. And so you got to you got to remember that, you know, maybe they're not in the right attitude. I don't know what what attitude they were in when they wrote this, but. Uh, I know how I can read it and I can understand it and I can apply it to my life today. So um, that's some advice. That's thinking about how we're going to read the book. Um, And then, so now let's just, let's walk through it. Let's go through these disputes, get us started. Let's walk through this book because it's short. It's not going to take us long. Yeah. So uh, chapter one, verse one, the heading again, no information about Malachi. We got Um, (laughs) It doesn't identify um, where he's from, where he came from, who he is. Um, I mean, can you really call it an introduction if if no information is given? <laughs> well, let's hang on. Let's let's get it pulled up because I I want to. Uh, let's see here. Let's see what it. Well, let's see exactly what it says. Malachi one verse one: An oracle, the word of the Lord to Israel through Malachi. All right, so there we go. That's it. That's the heading. That's the first section here. Again, not a thing known about Malachi. Okay, so the next thing we have is the first dispute in verses 2 through 5 of chapter 1. Um, this is in reference to God's love uh, mm-hmm. for people, um, for his people. Um, and this first mm-hmm. dispute really sets the tone for everything that comes after it through the book of Malachi. Yeah, um, you know, it's... God does love them, and then the question gets posed, but how so? Mm-hmm. And God God loves his people by hating, uh, rejecting, allying himself against, however you want to word it, their brother but ancient foe, which is Edom, yep. and this fulfills Obadiah's prophecy. Mm-hmm. So we, we, we're seeing <clears throat> earlier prophecies from the Old Testament being fulfilled in later prophecies in the Old, in the Old Testament or in later um, books of the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this is how, you know, God's answering their question by saying, I've, I've already, I love you by destroying your enemy. Mm-hmm. And so let's move on, you know? So <laughs> Next. Yeah. So, 
So what? let's take us through the next couple <clears throat> of disputes there. Yep. So the second dispute is an offering of unacceptable sacrifices. Um, this kind of has the the central focus around God uh, again, but it carries that same same pattern that we've already talked about. So the priests are really called out here for their lazy practices in the way they had been handling sacrifices. They were mm-hmm. using um, blemished animals, uh, not pure animals. I mean, they were. If you remember our discussion on the Book of Leviticus and Deuteronomy, God gave very specific uh, guidelines for the way animals were to be sacrificed, what types of animals, how they were uh, supposed to be inspected. I mean, there's there's a pretty good list of rules of what they're supposed to do. And basically, the priests were a bunch of lazy slackers. Mm-hmm. Um, they weren't doing that. They were just like, yeah, bring it up here, sacrifice it. Okay, next. You know, and, and it's it's they were complacent in their duties because they didn't mm-hmm. see any type of importance to what they were doing. Yeah, because they had no tie directly to, uh, or they they didn't feel. I guess they didn't feel any tie directly to God's covenant love. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I mean, a lot of times that's what leads to apathy. Yeah, in in our in our normal and everyday lives. And so, at one point, God actually says it would be better to just shut down the temple because what you're doing is useless. It's a waste of time. You're not mm-hmm. following the guidelines. Um. And if you're not going to do that, shut it down. Or you know, if if you want to change your ways, then then that's great. You know, that's what I'm calling you to. But if you're not going to change your ways, shut the whole thing down because it's it's useless. I'm not impressed by your lackluster sacrifices. Mm-hmm. You know, so there there's the second dispute. God's not really impressed, and then that moves into the third dispute where they talk about intermarriage and divorce, which have seemingly nothing to do with each other, but if you think about it, they are tied together pretty pretty significantly because what does a lackluster attitude towards God's worship but lead into a lackluster attitude towards the way that you act towards culture and society? Mm-hmm. And yeah. now what we're not talking about here when we're talking about intermarriage, we're not talking about uh, interracial marriage. Mm-hmm. You know, these the the Israelites were marrying pagan women. So this is more like an interfaith marriage than right. it is an inter uh, interracial marriage, mm-hmm. um, because I've actually heard people make the argument uh, from Malachi that this this passage actually uh, is is used against interracial marriage. I'm like, ah, eh, you might want to go back and read that one more time, or mm-hmm. you might actually want to read it because it's pretty clear that you haven't read it, right? Um, and so because this is really about interfaith marriage and and. Malachi kind of steps in right here and he's talking um kind of on behalf of God and 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 he's basically picking up where where God had said, you know, basically you're lazy in the previous dispute. And Malachi's like, Yeah, you're lazy and you're also doing this, you know. And again, this is that that whole family fight thing that mm-hmm. I was talking about, where yeah. it's like Malachi's jumping into the fight here, even though he may not know exactly what he's talking about. Of course he does, because he's he's writing down the words that God told him to write. But right. he's he's addressing um intermarriage with pagans he's addressing this thing that that they're just being really relaxed they're being apathetic about the way that god has called them to live they're called to be a set apart people living in covenant and they're not doing that in the way that they live their daily life okay Mm -hmm. so he does this with intermarriage and he also does it with divorce and to me this one is really interesting because especially in today's cultural context divorce is just a very it's it's a very apathetic thing 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, oh, you don't want to live with a person anymore. Okay, get divorced. You know, and and it's it's almost like the church has resigned itself to just kind of be okay with divorce. Okay, mm-hmm. now don't hear me as condemning people who have been divorced because I have friends that have been divorced. I have family members that have been divorced, and so I I understand the the hurt that divorce causes in people's lives the the turmoil and the trauma that, that divorce causes in people's lives but i think that divorce is something that should be like a a last reserve like we we have tried we have worked we have prayed we have sought god we mm-hmm. cannot make this work and and yeah. it, i mean it really should should despair both people when it, when it has to happen mm-hmm. um and 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 so, you know, it, in this time, they're they're just being real lackadaisical about divorce. You know, one of the one of the things uh, in modern day culture to talk about this this would be like when uh, Ronald Reagan signed no fault divorce laws in California back in the '60s. Okay, um, you know, we we champion as as conservatives a lot of time we champion guys like Ronald Reagan. Uh, because of his conservative views on things, and I'm like, okay, yeah, that's that's all well and good, but also don't forget that Ronald Reagan has basically given us the modern day divorce epidemic that we have mm-hmm. by signing a no fault divorce law back in California that was later adopted into into you know so I don't know if it, I can't remember if it ever went through the Supreme Court, but pretty much every state's enacted it now, mm-hmm. and so you have these no fault divorce laws that has just led to an apathetic view of divorce. You yeah. don't like your partner, get a divorce. 199 bucks, call me, I'll get you divorced, you know. Um and and that's our that's our view of it. That's the way we see it. Yeah. And because of that, we have fallen prey to the exact same thing that the the Israelites of this day were fallen fallen prey yeah. to, which is apathy in every part of your life. Yeah. And if it. you're not going to be a person of conviction, then I mean, I, I hate to say this. If you're not going to be a person of conviction, then I, I would suggest you don't follow Christ because he's going to call you to be a person of conviction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I, was about, I was about to say that so far in the first three disputes here, I'm seeing a lot of uh, American churches. I'm seeing a lot of American Christian Christianity uh, mm-hmm. reflected here. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and it's a wake-up call. I mean, it really is. And it's I hope it is. Continue. Well, it should be, um, <laughs> and I think it's going to continue to be a wake up call as we continue discussing here tonight. Um, yeah. But you know, the there's just a lot of parallels that we we would be worth an extra uh, extra studying. I think mm-hmm. just just for on a personal level, I'm not talking about like widespread everyone study malachi but i'm just saying like <laughs> personal level like what about these like five or six disputes um you know make it reflective like where mm-hmm. am i apathetic in how i'm offering things to god where am i apathetic on um the truth of god's love and and so on so yeah. um but yeah that's uh that's good stuff Yep. Well, there's the second and third one. Take us through the next couple of disputes here. Let's keep making ourselves feel bad. (laughs) Yeah, it's not going to get any better. So fourth dispute um, is on wearying God with words. Um, And this is this comes from the people again. 
Um, so they're cynically call they cynically call evil people good and ask about justice. And God provides them with this twofold answer. Mm-hmm. Um, God will come as a refining fire um, to His temple. Scary, um, and and <laughs> you know, they're this is the Lord that the they seek. Yeah, and He's going to come suddenly to His temple as a refining fire, and His result, uh, or His coming, will result in both acceptable sacrifices at the temple. Mm-hmm. Which takes care of the second dispute, mm-hmm. I believe. Yes, second dispute, um, and judgment against all forms of injustice. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember which prophet it was, um, but the one who was really passionate about injustices. Well, that would be Amos. Amos. Yep. So think back to Amos. Um, a lot of what he talked about, God will come back and judge and yeah. and it'll be righteous judgment. It won't be judgment the way we see it, the way uh, uh, man sees what is right, what is wrong. It'll be God's righteous judgment that comes yep. and it'll be against all forms of injustice. Um, and, and that's, again, these are promises that are coming. Like God is going mm-hmm. to do these things. So, um, so that's the fourth dispute. Getting to the fifth dispute, this is on returning to God. This comes from God, um, and this is uh, this dispute is set up by the closing of the previous dispute. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and here's how here's how the uh, people are to remove injustice. Um, they're to remove injustice by tithing again. They're to be um, giving uh, of their of their first fruits, mm-hmm. um, they, God is basically accusing them of being robbers. They're, they're being that's what they're being accused of here, um, and this has not is has nothing to do with the money, like the actual money of it. You better quit before an SBC pastor jumps through your wall like the Kool Aid Man. I'm on the second floor. He'd have to he'd have to climb up here and get me. But listen, this is not about the money. This is about the hearts of the people. Mm. God can do much more with the little that is given by somebody who is giving out of the um, pureness of their heart mm-hmm. than somebody who gives a lot for the wrong reasons or because mm-hmm. it's the right thing to do or because they feel obligated or compelled, like however you want to word it. God would – now, that's not to say that money can't be used by God, but God will honor what's given from a righteous heart versus one that's given um, from, from a heart with impure motives or yep. how, whatever. Um and then also, too, not just – I mean in this situation, this specific situation, we're not just talking about money. We're talking about food. Um, th- this is uh, – this is the, the um, they're withholding food that should have been used for the Levites and for the poor. Mm-hmm. Um, and only when they return to their ways as far as the tithe goes will this curse of uh, – Covenant disloyalty be removed, mm-hmm. um, and and then that will result in the nations being able to see God's blessing on His people again. Um, yep. And so, 
<clears throat> again, when we talk about tithing, we talk about money. You know, there, there's. I'm, I want to be very careful because, yes, you should give to your local church. Yes, you should um, make sacrifices financially for your local church. But it's not in a way that's like to make you feel guilty if you don't. It's not in – I wouldn't even call it a commandment. You know, like is it commanded to give to your local church? Well, it's commanded to give to it's commanded to give for the furtherance of the gospel. Okay. Um, but but that specifically can, that can look like a lot of different things. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I mean, if you want to take the New Testament approach to this, then you sell everything and basically live in community with the people, the members of your local church. Right. Um, if you if you want to take a New Testament approach to this, that's what you do. If you want to take an Old Testament approach to this, then you give 10% of everything that God has provided for you. Um, so 10% of your house, 10% of your um, food, 10% of your, the money you make, all of it. Now, the, the thing is, and, and that's what's interesting about this, they're withholding food. So the, the Levites were the priestly tribe, okay? They were the ones who were responsible for taking care of widows and orphans, specifically through food offerings. Mm -hmm. And so because the people were basically not supplying the Levites with enough food offerings to even take care of the poor, they didn't have the resources they needed, okay? So again, this is not about money. This is a and and again, look at the rest of the book. This is not about uh, a dollar value. This is about the heart of the people. Right. They were apathetic in everything they did, and that showed. It spread across. It bled through. You know, I've I've always heard somebody say, uh, "If you show me your pocketbook, I'll tell you what's important." And and that does point to money, but but even more so, it points to the things that you actually spend your money on. What do you spend your money on? It's not that you have to give all your money to the church. That's not what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. But what do you spend your money on? Do you spend your money on uh, travel ball for your kids? Do you spend your money buying video games? Do you spend your money eating out dinner all the time? Do you spend your money um, buying material goods for your house? Do you spend your money having a huge house? You know, if you show me your pocketbook, I'll show you what's important to you because it'll it'll show up in there. Mm -hmm. And 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 it's if you if you have a a balance of things, man, you can say, man, I'm doing my very best. Yes, I buy food to supply food for my family. Um, uh, we have a house, and it's it's a modest house payment, and it's this. You know, we have um, utility bills. We have this. We have that. You know. We, and we give money to churches. We support missionaries. We support. We sponsor Compassion International children. You know, there's there's things that will that will reveal the attitude of your heart. Mm -hmm. And I think that's. I really think that's what Malachi is getting at in this situation. He's calling them robbers of God, not because they were withholding money, but because they were being stingy with the things they had because of their apathetic attitude. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that was bleeding over into every part of their life. Yeah. And I, I do want to, I do want to just say like, don't hear us talking about this stuff and like, oh man, 
my kids do travel ball or I have a big house or I have nice cars. Like I like those things aren't inherently bad. No, like none of that stuff is bad. But when it when it those things become what you're pursuing instead of pursuing the person of Jesus and and being more like him, when you are more like him, the other stuff will fall into place. Yeah. Like, like when you when you want to be more like Jesus, you'll see the importance of like, oh, maybe we do spend too much on this or maybe we do, um, you know, we we don't do as much as we could to help others, you know, yeah. or yeah, you don't open you, you, whatever it is when you're more like Jesus, you're the Holy spirit will reveal to you those areas in your life where you mm-hmm. could be more like Jesus and continue to become more and more like Jesus. Yeah. You're never going to get there. You're never going to be like Jesus 2.0. Like you're never going to yeah. be that guy. <clears throat> but as you grow in your walk with Jesus, he reveals to you the areas of your life that you need to surrender to him mm-hmm. fully so that he can continue to make you more like him. Yes. Did that did that did that was that easy to follow? Because I kind of got lost as I was talking. I'm following you. Okay. And and I you know I I would say it. I think I would say it like this. Is if you're if you play, all right, we're gonna we've been picking on travel ball. So let's let's just focus on travel ball. I say okay? this is the second time in three weeks this has come up. So this is true. So. Let's say that you're on a travel ball team. Okay. Fantastic. No problem there. Um, and the whole time you're on your travel ball team, your child gets to have gospel conversations with his with their teammates. Your parent as a parent, you get to be with other parents and you get to have gospel conversations. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's awesome. So glad that you get to use the opportunity to play travel ball to further the gospel. Bravo. But if you're the parent that's sitting on the sideline worrying about their kid getting into travel ball so that they can get a Division I scholarship from a school so that they can go to a good college, so they can get a good job, so they can make a ton of money, guess what? That's what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. You're focusing on you instead of how you can take the gospel to the people who are around you. Yeah. Playing travel ball is not wrong. Focusing on travel ball to further your own agenda is wrong. Mm-hmm. That's the cleanest way I know how to say that. Yeah. So you can hate me if you want to. I'm sorry. It's the truth. But anywho, we have two more sections. I'm about to say that so was the end of the fifth dispute. Why don't you wrap up a sup? <laughs> Let's wrap this thing up. So we have the sixth dispute, which is on speaking harshly about God. Um, should be pretty simple to explain here. They're complaining um, that the arrogant people are prospering and the righteous people are not. Uh, this is pretty much all of the Old Testament in summary right here. Uh, why, do, why does that person get what I don't have? That kind of thing. Uh, God answers them that, hey, they're arrogant and they're going to be judged for their arrogance. Don't you mm-hmm. uh, Don't you worry about that. Um, at one point it uses the sun of righteousness will rise and, and it's, you know, that uses the word S U N. the sun of righteousness will rise. But ultimately we know that the, the equalizer, the justifier, the one who, who came and was just, and is justifier is Jesus Christ. And, Mm -hmm. and ultimately the ending of Malachi, as we move into the sixth 
uh, dispute in the in the final chapters, God is saying, hey, you can have all your problems that you want. I'm going to send somebody, and he's going to rectify all of this. Every single bit of it is going to be made right. Um, and, and he's going to live the life that you guys have been trying to live in your own power for whatever reason that you can't figure it out for the last thousand years. Um, he's going to do it, and he's going to be the one who bridges the gap between God and man, and he restores the ability for God to be in communion uh, with man again through yeah. his life, and he's going to die a death. He's going to do that because he's going to die a death that only people who are sinners deserve, but he doesn't deserve because he's perfect. He's going to die that death, and he's going to be the one who bridges the gap. And and all of this is pointing towards Christ. And so we have that in the sixth dispute, and then we have these kind of like final words here in chapter four, the ending of chapter four, where we talk about the law and the prophets, which is referring to Moses and Elijah, which would have been... Um, Big time deals there in uh, in ancient Israel. Malachi points to the example of Moses and Elijah and calls the people back to covenant loyalty. The same Deuteronomic cycle that we have been talking about mm-hmm. since Deuteronomy is in repeat here. There's a prophet. He calls them back. They repent. Then they mess it up again. This is the exact same cycle that we have been but this time, there's an anticipation. There's an anticipation of the second Elijah who's going to come, and this is going to set the stage for the entire New Testament. It's going to set mm-hmm. the stage for the coming of Jesus, and it's only going to happen after 400 years of total silence from God because Malachi wraps up all of our prophets in the Old Testament, and he's like, there's one guy who's going to come. It's going to be all the guy that you've read about and all these prophets before uh, that you already know about, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi, the Italian prophet. I had to do it. Um, <laughs> but all of these have foretold and, and pointed towards Christ. Mm-hmm. Malachi is no different. He's yeah. pointing to Christ, and he's saying there's one who's going to come, and he's going to be the one who fixes all of this. He's going to be the one who lives the perfect life. He's going to be the one who obeys the law perfectly, something that you could never do. Right. And he's going to point to that. And and then uh, when we start Matthew in just a couple of weeks, we're going to dive right into the life and work of Jesus Christ. And so um, that seems like a pretty good place to wrap up Malachi, unless you have something else to add. I do not. Well, then, uh, Michael, would you pray for us tonight. I will. Let's do it. So, uh, Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for the opportunity we have had to come together and talk about um, the book of Malachi. And God, uh, may it be a reminder to us not to be apathetic in our walk with you. Um, May we not um, cut corners. May we not just skirt the system or go through the motions or however um, however it is that uh, we find to, to not give our all in our pursuit of you Jesus um, but help us to um, follow you with everything we have um, convict us in the areas that um, we're not presently following you with everything that we have and God help us to um, to to pursue you with with fire and passion um, to be more like you 
in every aspect of our lives, um, in our um, marriages, in our work, in our relationship with our kids, um, in our churches, um, everywhere we go, God, may we just be so on fire for you that it overflows out and it's evident to those around us that um, we live uh, to solely serve you everywhere we go. Um, Jesus, thank you for um, just your great love and your mercy, your grace that you pour out so freely on us each day. And God, may we um, never forget what you've done for us um, on the cross and what you continue to do for us each and every day. So um, over the next couple of weeks, as we uh, take a little break, God, I just pray that you um, watch over um, all of our listeners and Anthony and I and our families. Um, and uh, may we just honor and glorify you, Jesus, and all that we do. Um, we love you. Uh, thank you again for how you love us. And we pray all these things in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Anthony, if our listeners wanted to find the Beers and Bible podcast on social medias, where would they go about doing such a thing? If you want to locate us on social media, you can hit us up on the Instagram at Beers and Bible underscore. You can find us on Twitter at Beers and Bible P1. We're admittedly not as active on Twitter as everything else. Um, mostly because Twitter doesn't sync with everything else. And so I got to remember to actually like go tweet. I mostly just reply to people. Anyway, you can find us on Facebook by searching Beers and Bible Podcast. Um, and you can email us the old fashioned way at Beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. That is the way to get a hold of us. Send us all of your exciting beers that you have found that we need to find. Uh, our buddy Jason Simpson sent us one. We're going to try to find it this week. I don't know if we're going to have any luck, but we're going to try um, because it sounds pretty good. I ain't going to lie. And we're going to try to find that one. So there you go. Um, send us all your uh, critiques and why you think we're wrong and, and heretical, and we will gladly uh, file those in the G file um, for garbage, and we will move on to the next one. Anyway, that's where you can reach us. Well, y'all, until two weeks from now, not until next two week. weeks, until two weeks from now, we hope that your beer stays cold, your Bible stays open, and we'll see y'all later. Peace out. <laughs>